0: It's time for a pulse check and a medical update on the ACC. On today's show, we're going to look at how this conference is doing and look at three different stories that could impact the health of the Atlantic Coast Conference. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome. This is Locked On BC. I'm your host, AJ Black, editor and publisher of Eagle Insider. Happy Thursday, everyone. Today's episode is going to talk a lot about the health of the Atlantic Coast Conference, a conference that has been, um, you know, has some skepticism of of the future of the program. You've seen a lot of talk about the conference breaking up, the grants of rights deals of, you know, with Clemson and Florida State and Miami and UNC and UAVA, would they all bolt? Well, over the weekend, there was an interesting new story that came out about the conference that shed some light on a new deal that could actually really positively impact the health of the conference. On the Over the weekend, it was announced that ESPN is going to subcontract some of their games to the CW network. And this will replace the RSN and Raycom deals that had been contracted through the ACC and ESPN up to that point. Why is this a big deal though? I mean, who among us have actually watched the CW? I mean, is that what Dawson's Creek was on? Or is that the other one? I don't even know. Uh, Gilmore girls. one of those shows was on that channel, right? No, none of us really watch it, but I read an article on TV rev by John Casillo, who used to write about Syracuse, And he gave a great rundown. I'm going to read you a couple paragraphs of what he had to say, because I think he does a great job of explaining why, even if the financials don't change, this could be a big deal for the ACC. So he says, many ACC fans through the the weekly question of what channel is the game on would end when the conference launched the ACC Network with ESPN in 2019 under the assumption that all games would either be on the linear cable channel or watch ESPN, but the Raycom deal persisted anyways. And sometimes having one of the RSNs wasn't even a guaranteed audience would be able to still watch the game in question. So by moving these contests still controlled by Raycom to the CW, the ACC is now getting around that issue entirely. Instead of dealing with increasingly obscure or not carried RSNs, these games will now all appear on the CW broadcast network. Virtually every fan gets the CW, and that means more eyeballs on the ACC's team by default, which should ultimately mean more dollars for the conference. Data from iSpot shows that in the first half of 2023, the CW was not number 22 by share of household TV ad impressions, and InScape reveals that CW was number 21 by watch time. That's more than res- the respectable watch times for ESPN2, Fox Sports 1s and various other cable networks in the time frame. It all adds up to a great secondary deal for the ACC that's all indicative, indicative of where sports rights appears to be headed in 2023 and beyond. So, when you're hearing this, getting more eyeballs onto your product is going to be a big deal for for the Atlantic Coast Conference. I I think John does a great job of explaining the frustrations with that RSN deal. I am a YouTube TV subscriber. I've thought about going back to cable. I just never get around to doing it. But during those seasons, football—it's this—is mostly for football right now. But I'm sure basketball will get into it too at some point. Football season, when you saw, when I saw that the game was on RSN, which t- in up in my area meant NESN, New England Sports Network. That for a lot of times meant I couldn't watch the game. I would had to go find you know a feed or go to my in-laws' house who have you know Verizon or whatever. It was a pain in the neck. It, you know, the YouTube TV didn't have Nessan. They got rid of it. So there are a lot of people. YouTube TV was a big one, and uh, you know, I, I think even I saw that they were uh, getting rid of the New York version of it too. So all of these local. Um, you know, RSNs getting rid of, you know, getting rid of them is going to make it so much easier for fans to find, you know, Atlantic Coast Conference football. When you're able to just go through like your, you know, everyone has CW as he says. This is going to get better ratings, which means more money. This seems like a small deal for the conference, but in actuality, it's a very savvy and very smart move by Jim Phillips because by doing this, he gets he gets the programs off of these obscure things that are hard to find that, you know, t- talk to, you know, like talk to any, if any of you guys have parents that are into BC football or whatever, having them like the other piece of this is like they, like my dad, my dad loves BC football. He's part of the reason why I got into it. When the games are on Nessun or one of those other channels, he can never find it. And then he just gives up and doesn't watch it. But if it's on CW and I tell him that, Boom. He's going to get it. So it is a really good deal. This is a good deal. And it, and yes, it doesn't impact the ESPN piece, but we'll get into that in just a second. But this does a good job. So let's get into the ESPN piece because this is a, a, a multi-layered deal uh, thing that came out this week. The RSN part is really important, but I wanted to go something that Talking ACC Sports brought up. And they found an um, a podcast by Joe Ovis of um, who's down in the try uh, down in the tobacco road area. And he's talking about how uh, we're talking all about all these licensing deals and all these, uh, you know, media rights and all that good stuff. But what he brought up that I, I didn't even know about, but Joe is a, you know, he's been covering the ACC since the nineties is that this ESPN deal bumps up in a couple years and he estimates that it's going to be in the hundreds of millions of dollars that this deal is going to increase for the ACC. So I, I think he said six hundred million was the number I thought I heard when his podcast. So he kind of goes over it pretty quickly, but the deal like cycles over a bit and then it gets higher at, at the end of this of this um, grant of rights deal. What that means though is a, ex, ex, um, a big time bump for the programs. So it won't get the ACC to the level of the SEC and Big Ten, but it makes the ACC substantially better than the Big Twelve and whatever the heck happens with the Pac-10 because they're they don't have a, they don't have anything now. And you know are they going to be on UHF or something like that? I don't know what channel they're going to be on, but it it really solidifies the ACC as the number three conference and really you know the 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 gap is still pretty big, but. It gets it. It's one of those things that's going to actually get the ACC back in better footing. So I think that was interesting. And he also goes on to talk about how all that money that was thrown around at the SEC and the Big Ten, with the way things are going with media right now, that's that's not going to change for a while. And you know, he he points to the SEC and their their need their want of adding another um, conference game. And ESPN balked at it because they didn't want to pay for it money for these games. And for these uh, rights deals, I don't want to say it's drying up, but when you see the ESPN is shedding billions of dollars in, in um, contracts and, you know, license, you know, for different writers and on air personalities, the money isn't what it used to be is what Joe was saying. And I think ESPN itself, you know, it's not going to change. I think what he's getting at is there's brands, you saw he mentioned U- UCLA and USC, Texas and Oklahoma, but for a lot of these bigger companies like ESPN there's no more big brands out there that are going to change things. So hopefully with the change of, you know, the CW on top of the grant, you know, the deal with ESPN it's going to bump up, I think in 2026 I think was the year he said. So a couple more years things will hopefully start to even out a little bit and then, you know, it'll be up to the ACC commissioner to continue to add to that so that they can um, get to that bottom line. That will get them closer to what the big 10 and sec are at now in our second segment, speaking of Jim Phillips, we're going to get into his, his uh, conundrum that he's in and why he is in big trouble. And we're going to do that in just a moment, but I want to tell you about another great podcast. If you haven't heard about it already, I want to get into locked on ACC locked on ACC is hosted by great, great Candace Cooper. And you have, if you haven't heard her yet, you need to check it out immediately. So check out locked on ACC on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Now, if you are in the market for a new position, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be a hundred percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and free. Now, if you're looking for a job, I have friends that are out there looking for jobs. Every single one of them is on LinkedIn. It's the easiest way to go and search for what you're looking for. There's you can find qualified candidates if you're a hire. Everything is easy to use and. It, it, it's the best way if you're out there. It's why small businesses rated LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors because they're simple tools like screening questions. It makes it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Now, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply this is locked on bc aj black here and we're talking about the health of the acc on today's show a conference that for for many uh, you know there's a lot of skepticism of of the health and validity of the conference now when you're looking at the conference, you you look to the leadership. It, you know, over the last year or so, as as you've heard the talks of teams running away or the the um, disparity in pay between or payouts for the SEC and Big Ten versus their conference, the name that you look at to see who can fix it is the commissioner. Now, it's gone from Sean Swafford to um, to Jim Phillips. Jim Phillips is a former athletic director at Northwestern. And he's been in that job for about a year and a half now. And things are getting a little bit hairy for the new commissioner because through all the good works he's doing, his name is now getting dragged. And I'm not saying it's, it it shouldn't be into the Northwestern hazing scandal. Now, if you haven't been paying attention Northwestern fired head football coach, Pat Fitzgerald baseball head coach, Jim Foster, and there's a massive, uh, investigation going on into it, a lot of things going on with hazing there. And so there's been a you know there's got, there's going to be more names that leave, you know that get that are going to get fired. But because the time frame of when this happened overlaps when Jim Phillips was there, this is going to be a major headache for B, for the ACC's commissioner. Phillips has been named as a co-defendant on at least I think it's at least two different hazing lawsuits up until this point. This, this is the type of stuff that's going to possibly be the downfall of the ACC commissioner. If the serious allegations are found to be credible against the, the, the university and more specifically, if he knew about some of this stuff and did nothing about it, that is a major red mark about his leadership and his accountability. You can't have a guy, you know, running your conference that has all of this dirty laundry behind him because he didn't do things that were in the best um, interests of the athletes at his program. Now, these are all allegations. I can't say if it's true or not. We'll have to wait until the courts to decide who did what, but Phillips, if he, if he is found liable for some of the things that they're accusing him of knowing about or, or not doing anything about, then the ACC presidents and the people that on those boards that can remove him need to think long and hard about what his future is going to be. Because this is the face of your conference. This is the guy that goes out there and talks about your school, talks about your program and in the future of, of how your school is going to you know, perform out there against other, you know, like academic uh, institutions and athletic institutions, If he has all that baggage, he's got to go. You got to cut you. They The the president's trustees, they've got to cut. Cut cords here because this is not like it, it is a political job. It is a job where you have to be, you know, you have to have a clean slate behind you. You can't be out there as a guy that's getting sued for all these different things. And they find you negligible for all that. This is a serious allegation against Jim Phillips. And I'm sure next week the ACC uh, media kickoff happens. He's probably not going to answer any of those questions. I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised if the media has been told ahead of time not even to ask him about it. I'm sure they, you know, sometimes you sometimes when you go to media events that they're told to, like, avoid certain questions and you're just got to kind of deal with it. I'm guessing this will be one of them. And he may, he may make, you know, he has his opening remarks and all that good stuff, but I, I guarantee you he's not going to answer it. But this is a storyline I think that's very important because has he done a great job yet for the ACC? I don't, I wouldn't say yes, but he's done some really good things. As I said, the 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 CW deal, getting the ACC network on Comcast. Um, you know, do, I, I know that they're, from what I've heard, a lot of the institutions are pretty happy with what he's done. But this could be this could be the straw that breaks the camel's brat back. And I don't know how long this will go on for. Will it go through the season? Will the you know, if something like if there's a report out that's a bombshell that he did something, will that happen? It's all worth watching. And, you know, and maybe maybe he's, a, a, you know, exonerated on all of it. Maybe he had, didn't have anything to do with it. But it's definitely, a, you know, the fact that his name is being dragged to it is, is not good news. Now, in our final segment, I want to get into the NIL legislation I was reading about that has some really interesting comments, and I think it has some really impactful, uh, it could have some impactful implications for Boston College. We'll get into that in just a second. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Again, Eagle Insider. If you are on our site, if you were a old member of Eagle Insider before I was there, or maybe you quit while I was there, maybe... You know, this last football season, you are like, I'm done. And now you want to get back? Today only, on Thursday, we have a 50% deal for old members to return. So go on. If you are already a member and you you canceled your subscription at some point and you want to get back in, get in for 50% off right now. Hopefully you'll do that. Now, for all our everydayers, we've been talking a lot about NIL. It's the, it's the conversation. Literally, anytime I bring up anything about player movement, the first thing out of at first comment out of anyone's mouth on Twitter, on my message board, on Instagram, on Facebook, on threads, on blue, Sk- whatever, whatever it is on, on the YouTube channel, NIL, whenever someone leaves it's NIL, you know, and knowing some of the stories a couple times it has been NIL, but for the most part, it has not. <laughs> uh, but I think NIL has been a, a good thing. Players definitely need to be paid. You, you know, when you're putting your body out there, you're working and you're, you're, you're putting money into the school, lots and lots of money. You should get a cut of that and you should get paid at least. And they're not getting a cut of it, but they should get paid and they are, and that's good. But what we've also seen is the shadier part of that, which is enticements. So people paint like, Hey, why don't you enter the transfer portal? And I've got this big bag of cash for you. That happens a lot. We have people paying recruits to come. We have people, but, you know, also there, there's no, it, it's the wild west right now. And as I've said before, the fault of that is not on the people doing it. It's on the NCAA for dragging their feet and not getting out in front of this. That's their fault. They had the chance to get in front of this and put in place, um, you know, a framework to get this to work. They chose not to do that. So that's on them. But now we have started to see um, the the government really start to look at how do they want to, um, you know, put legislation to kind of standardize a lot of this. And right now, you know we've seen different names pop around, but now there's three new senators a Republican and two Democrats. I'm not getting into politics here, folks, I promise. Richard Blumenthal, a Democrat from Connecticut, Jerry Morin, from Republican from Kansas, and Cory Booker from New Jersey are partnering together to create the College Athletes Protection and Compensation Act. Now, this has a lot to do, as I said, it's going to prevent enticements. It's going to standardize and make everything out into the open so that like you don't have players basically being paid and no one knows about it. Which is illegal, anyways, because if they're not, you know, not illegal, but it's it's sketchy if they're not, you know, claiming it, and there's a whole bunch of different things that go on with that. But I thought there were some interesting pieces that were buried. Ross Dellinger, now of Yahoo, uh, had some things that say um, some of the the pieces of this nil legislation again. This is just legislation that they haven't, they haven't even drafted the bill yet, but these are the pieces they want to get into it. There's a long way for this to actually get passed. It says it would permit schools to restrict an athlete from entering a deal that is contrary to the school's code of conduct for moral reasons. So for thinking for like Boston College, you couldn't have like Emmett Moorhead as the um, – or um, Jim Beam or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like it would have to like match the like moral, moral reasons for what they would do for their school. Okay. And then it would prohibit compensation to be used for inducements. Sorry, not for FanDuel, like any sort of gambling thing. Like, you know, Boston College is a Catholic school, so it's a little bit piece of that, right? It would prohibit compensation to be used for inducements with recruits and retention of current players. Again, you couldn't pay to have a – like, you couldn't be like, hey, why don't you enter the transfer portal and I'll give you $60,000? It would also – allow schools to prohibit athletes from engaging in NIL ventures that are concurrent with college athletic events or competitions. Uh, And so the final piece that I, it's got medical care, which I thought was really good. Uh, You know, a lot of players have been saying that they don't get paid. So that's a big thing. I mean, don't get medical care. That's a big thing. Uh, Making sure that they get the care that they need because they're putting their bodies out there all the time. Right. But the piece that I wanted that I thought was really interesting and it was buried. And I thought this was like the biggest thing that they, they brought up was that in a non NIL provision, the acts permits underclassmen to enter a professional draft and then retain their eligibility. If they return to the school within seven days of the draft ending and don't receive compensation from a sports league team or agent. Now for me, that's interesting because what do you have like 255 guys drafted? Many of them then just end up going as an undrafted free agent, which is a ton of, uh, you know, that's just a gamble. And many of them don't end up going anywhere. You look at guys, all you know, from Boston College's history that just like Lucas Dennis or Max Richardson who get to d- go to camp, but then end up going nowhere. This would allow, say a guy, an underclassman, Lucas Dennis is a perfect example. He left after his junior year and ended up not getting drafted. This is saying that if he didn't hire an agent, he could then say, okay, I didn't get drafted. I'm going to go back to school. That's a big deal. How many guys from BC end up as an undrafted free agents? Uh, many of them as underclassmen. I think Richardson was, had a year left too. Um, so a lot of guys, That that's an opportunity for them. Now, I, I don't even want to think of what the coaches are going to have to go through if they do this. Um, and I think the NCAA would have to be a little bit more forgiving in terms of roster management, because that's going to be a nightmare. Think, think of like BC this year. I think there were like five or six guys that went undrafted. I don't know how many of them had eligibility left, but like what if Halfley already fills them in the transfer portal? How's he going to, how's he going to figure that out? Right. But that's, that's, that's a big thing. So guys can go out there, basically test the draft. If they don't get drafted and don't get paid, don't hire an agent. They can come back. Uh, baseball already has this. I had somebody on Twitter already tell me this. But football, that's a big deal. Basketball, the same thing. Uh, basketball's a big one too, right? Like, there's going to be guys next year that are going to go. And there's only, what, you know, 60-something spots. Go test the draft. Don't hire an agent. Just see what happens. So, I think this is that part's interesting. Now, again, as I said, this has a ton of, you know, it, there's way more work to be done on this bill before it goes anywhere. But it's interesting that they had that in there. I wanted to bring that up. Now we'll be back tomorrow. Talk more football as we get ready for ACC media days. that starts next week. Jeff Halfley will be joining with Christian. He's going to be down there with Ch- Christian uh, Mahogany, Emmett Moorhead, and I'm blank. Donovan Azaracko. I couldn't, couldn't think of his name for a second there. So hopefully you'll check that out as well. My name is AJ Black. Follow me on AJ Black 247 on Twitter, Threads. I'm on Instagram. I'm on everything. And hit me up on Eagle Insider. Hope you guys join the boards there as well. Make sure to hit subscribe and like on our podcast. And thank you to all everydayers who make this part of your daily routine. We'll be back again tomorrow for another show. Hopefully, I'll see you all there. Take care, everyone. You are a.